Welcome to Chatterbox, a podcast by the Wolfpack Project. We are Nottingham's leading youth mental health and loneliness charity, releasing content on the first of every month. Please follow and subscribe on your podcast app so that you never miss an episode. This week on the Chatterbox podcast, we are joined by the lovely Ben, who's coming in from London. Is it Ben? You've just said you're coming in from? Yeah, in Westminster at the minute. Yeah, so Ben's an MP. So in this episode, um, we're going to follow the usual pattern of the Chatterbox in the first section of random questions that we're going to fire at Ben. And then we'll get chance to hear all the kind of what Ben does and his job in London and in Nottingham and then there'll be a bit of chance at the end to kind of recap and hopefully you will all get some lovely recommendations and tips and ideas to take away with you after listening to this episode so as I say the first section Ben is the chatterbox so I've taken some questions that the team have come up with that are all slightly random and we'll just see what answers you come up with so the first one that I've sure. got is where would be your ultimate family family day out around the county ah well we've got lots of good places to go actually i've got two young kids nine and six my boys so to be honest we're normally out and about at at football (laughs) we're either playing or watching or whatever but uh in the north of the county where i live we go quite regularly to into sherwood forest nice places like sherwood pines and uh center parks and all the activities to do in there so yeah, we have a great, uh, great fun in the forest. I suppose the, it's a good cover. So if it is a wet day, you've got a good cover being in the forest to still enjoy. Things. Yeah, we well, see your wellies on, can't you? Take the dog out, don't matter if you get ditched, <laughs> it's all calm. Last year we ended up at Go Ape, you know, like the high wires and all that kind yeah. of stuff in the absolute torrential rain, which was still a great time, to be fair. Great. Well, that's hopefully an encouragement anyone who wants to get out and about. Doesn't matter the weather, Go Apes are still fun. <laughs> Next question, which I suppose kind of is linked in that I pulled out, which is your favourite green space around the county? Well, yeah, we've got, um, I actually look after quite a few. So I'm the leader of the county council as well. So places around the north of the county, like Rufford Park, for yeah. example, I'm actually kind of responsible for. So again, you know, that's probably my favourite one. We do a lot. Of, it's like just the right size that you can walk around it with the kids to the play area without them getting knackered. Mm. So that's a good one. But as I say, you know, I'm from from kind of North Knotts. I represent Mansfield, living in Newark. So we spend a lot of time out in, in Sherwood Forest and out and about in all the green spaces. You're quite lucky being north of the county. You do have lots of greenery around you. Yeah, well, it's a nice balance, isn't it? We've got lots of people moving up that way, actually from kind of London in the southeast for that because you can live you know in a town on the edge of a town and and walk out into the middle of nowhere which is a really nice kind of balance to have. Yeah what do you miss when you are not in Nottinghamshire? Home largely I spend a lot of time in London for my job so one of the hardest bits of that you know you're down here kind of three four days a week is the kids mm. uh, clearly but uh, I'm also a football nut me and my uh, my boy uh, uh, Forrest season ticket holders so we always miss the uh, the Tuesday night games because I'm always stuck down uh, here that's probably the biggest thing football is definitely a key part of Nottingham life I think it is these days yeah. there's two things I find you go anywhere in the world people know about Nottingham it's Forrest and Robin Hood yeah. <laughs> And on that kind of theme, if there was someone new coming to Nottingham for the first time, what would be your key places that you would tell them to check out? Sure. Well, uh, depending on what they're into, definitely the city ground. Historic. <laughs> I think Nottingham, you know, has got its challenges like every city centre, like every town centre at the minute. But I still think, you know, just wandering around the town, the marketplace and, and taking it all in, there's a real um, range of things to do. You know, lovely market square and all the rest of it. Lots of nice places to kind of sit outside and have a drink and to kind of uh, take it all in as I say so I just say you know go and have a wander around the town visit the castle that'll be open again soon all being well there's loads of stuff like that that you know those kind of historic and and heritage type attractions around Nottingham and that 
almost like Robin Hood trail as you go up mm. into the forest. That's well worth a visit. We need to package all that better for people. Yeah, particularly when the castle does hopefully reopen in the summer. That would be another a nice yeah. big draw. Well, a good chance for us to, you know, there's no one place you can go where you just go and say, right, you know, I want to do a Robin Hood weekend around Nottinghamshire that packages it all up into one one thing for you to come and spend a few days. We need to sort that out. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a favourite independent shop that you like to go to? So I'm not a big shopper in the city. It's probably my fault the shops are shutting because <laughs> um, I, I live up the north of the county. So I tend to uh, to shop around there more. But we go to um, probably more like res- restaurants and things mm. in the city. I was at the... Um, the World Service restaurant a few weeks ago for a, a business event. I've not been in there before. It was lovely. Really nice food in there. In Newark and, and Mansfield as well, to be fair. Loads of nice kind of independent restaurants and places to go. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that question from a food perspective. But yeah, I think we've got a good range of independent shops and food places to go to. So you can tell we're getting towards lunchtime when we start talking about food. I'm now going to bring every question back to food in one <laughs> shape or form. Final question. If you were to ever move away from Nottingham, where would that be? Well, I've lived in a couple of places. I've been to a few different universities. So I lived in Manchester for a little bit. I lived in Bath in the southwest for a little bit, which was lovely. But if I could go anywhere, I'd go uh, to the east coast of Australia. Ooh. I went out there when I was a, a teenager playing rugby on a, a rugby tour for a month. And uh, I think if it weren't for the fact I was 16 at the time, I probably wouldn't have come back. <laughs> I had a great time. Different lifestyle, isn't it? Live on the beach. It is, yes. It's a very different lifestyle out there. It's one place I would love to go is Australia. We'll, we'll take separate oh, holidays, have our own times out there. We're not going together. <laughs> You've got your kids. They'll probably want to do very different things to what I would want to do. <laughs> probably. It's actually um, how I met my wife as well. We both, she'd been travelling out there. And when we met, we were saying, oh, where would you go? And we both said the same place, that we'd go and live in, in Byron Bay, which was, yeah, one of those where you kind of think, you know, maybe long-term life goals, we'll go and retire out there. Me and my husband's is somewhere in Sweden. That would be our place. So got a good coffee vibe. Lovely country. Yeah, yeah a bit cold for me, I think. <laughs> I don't mind the cold. I'm originally from Manchester, so I don't mind the cold. <laughs> <laughs> and that compares with Sweden, doesn't it? It's very different to Sweden. Very <laughs> different to Sweden. So, Ben, you are the Member of Parliament for Mansfield and also the leader of Nottinghamshire County Council. What is the County Council and what do you do as part of your role leading it? Yeah, well, it certainly keeps me busy. Um, So the County Council deliver uh, kind of 90% of local services around Nottinghamshire, um, things that people will recognise, obviously uh, highways and things like that, but also social care, also children's services, social services. So some of the stuff that really impacts on, you know, a lot of our, our vulnerable people around the county. Uh, it's a massive massive organization 14,000 odd staff delivering those services so yeah I kind of see it as I say like the the being the minister for, for Nottinghamshire really with my other hat on as well and having that local focus on on delivering those services and trying to make sure that we put you know local taxpayers money into the things that they want and need and in the right places so we're particularly trying at the minute to uh, make a bit more of our like community assets mm-hmm. and buildings. So we're investing in youth centres, in our libraries, trying to make sure that we're delivering more of those things like children's services and, and social care services out in communities and doing a bit more for some of the most disadvantaged parts of the county. So that's the kind of stuff that I get up to day to day. And how does that then balance with also being a member of parliament? How do you kind of hold those two roles together? Yeah, well, it is really busy. Some people, when I first took it on, questioned, you know, can you do both of these things? But as I say, I've, I've 
always treated it as if it's almost like being a minister where you go off into your department and you have a role that's slightly separate to your um, normal day-to-day job as a member of parliament so there's lots of people in Westminster you know Secretary of State for Health is much busier than I am uh, I'm sure even though I have got two roles it balances out so there's some pros to it where uh, particularly on big regional projects where we're trying to get investment into our county um, I'm able to kind of be involved in writing the bids and the proposals I'm able to um you know, get all the information locally and then take it to ministers, whereas most council leaders can't do that uh, and can't go in and have that conversation with government as well. So actually, by trying to join up the national priorities with our local ones, we've been able to get quite a bit of of cash and quite a few projects over the line, uh, including plans to pass more powers um, over decision making down from uh, Westminster to Nottinghamshire as well, which would be good. The challenges, I suppose, are it is busy uh, and that trying to be physically up here and down there yeah. um, is it is quite difficult sometimes fortunately particularly post-covid we've got lots of uh, virtual meetings and things we can do haven't we? yeah definitely so so you've mentioned about kind of being up and down and i know you're in london today so what does a typical week look like for the life of ben bradley trying to balance all of these things and have kids and a family at home weekends are more regimented than the week sometimes by the time <laughs> you've checked around all the different football matches and everything like that i'm up in Nottinghamshire kind of setting the week up for the council on a Monday morning before I head down here. Parliament sits on a kind of afternoon evening on a Monday, two till 10 o'clock. So I do Nottinghamshire first and then head down. I'm normally here for two days, maybe three days, uh, depending on what's going on down here. I'm here till Wednesday night this week because we're doing uh, the immigration bill, which is quite a challenging Mm. one, as you you might imagine. So yeah, and then I head back up uh, on a Thursday and Friday, normally around Mansfield, try and get out and about, try and visit schools and businesses and just get a sense of what people think. I always think that, you know, if you're going to be a decent representative for people, you've got to spend the time mm. to, to go and find out what matters to them and what they think about uh, everything that's going on. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I try. I tend to sit until kind of 11 o'clock on a Friday night and just get all my emails done and everything <laughs> done so that you can still manage to sort your kids out on the weekend. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into a, a typical week. If you if we think back to young Ben in school, is this the kind of career that you thought young Ben would want to do? Is it what you thought you would end up doing? Or did young Ben have lots of different plans? Uh, not even remotely close <laughs> to what I thought I was doing. I never had the vaguest interest in any of it, to be honest, <laughs> until I was about um, probably about 2021. 20, uh, I always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. That was my, I went to university to be a teacher, but for all sorts of kind of non-academic or teachery reasons, I, I ended up dropping out. I was trying to play hockey, really. Didn't get quite where I wanted. So I dropped out of university, ended up doing all sorts of things, landscape gardener, recruitment, worked in Aldi, worked at Frankie and Benny's and kind of accidentally fell into it, really. I fell out with a council about my bins. I didn't collect my bins <laughs> for like six weeks at Christmas. I got very angry about it uh, and decided if they were uh, too useless to sort it out, I'd go and sort it out myself. The rest is history, I suppose. So it's, it was literally just finding that one thing that got you emotionally invested in an issue and that was that was the spark yeah it's been a funny learning curve for me I suppose because I I got involved I suppose in that sense because I wanted to do something locally and change Mm. something you know it might be something very small like you know sorting out the bins or whatever but trying to do something positive in the community wasn't massively political or, or ideological in that sense so it's kind of you know beyond just doing things and, and delivering things locally almost had to kind of learn the politics mm. because that's, that's never really been my interest i'm not one of those kids who you know grew up with a picture of winston churchill on his wall all my heroes are kind of athletes and sports people and you know have a bit of a sports mm. not so yeah i've kind of over the five years god five years nearly six years i've been here now kind of become more and more political i suppose in terms of my 
view of the world and, and what I believe in and kind of figured that out as I've gone along. That's really interesting. And I imagine there'll be people listening who kind of assume that everyone goes into politics because they really have that drive, whereas actually it's come from a, from a very different starting point. It's fair to say that you see, you know, you see a, a small handful of MPs on the telly um, normally ones that are in government and you know typically have, have often quite similar backgrounds I think it can be quite hard to relate to people sometimes but actually you know you probably see a very very small minority mm. you know most people probably couldn't name 20 or 30 MPs when there are 650 right and most people got involved in it in one shape or form because they wanted to do something or change something whether that was a local issue or a, a national one you know I always use a colleague of mine uh, Will Quince as a really good example who wanted to be an MP because he, um, he and his wife lost a baby uh, and he didn't get, he didn't feel he got enough support mm. in that, didn't get enough kind of help to get over that and to have time with his, his wife and, and recover from that. So he came to kind of champion that and campaign to change the rules and he's managed to do that and, and get more kind of family leave when people are in that circumstance. It's like a really mm. nice, meaningful story and a reason to be here. And I think most MPs are like that. That's not, uh, not how it always comes across, is it? No, well, hopefully it will come across in this podcast for you and you know it's a live it's you know sad but lovely story of when being able to actually make a change for other people even though it wasn't there for them and their family thinking forward for people who are listening and not not too clued up on their kind of politics timelines we're roughly due kind of another election in the next one to two years maybe about 18 months so what are some of the key things kind of in that time whilst you're still working as an MP in your current role before things potentially might change what are some of the key things that you want to work on and push for your area yeah well the joy of this job is that you never know when things might change <laughs> from that perspective it's, you're right probably 18 months but it could happen anytime yeah. really um so yeah we all get a bit a bit stressed um <laughs> but actually I mean my big policy areas if you like in terms of Westminster are largely around kind of children and young people schools I've got some kind of campaigns around trying to get uh, more sports facilities opened at schools mm -hmm. 40% of the country's sports facilities are locked up at schools at the weekend and nobody can access them. I'm really keen to help get more male teachers into primary school. Mm. Mad the stats, certainly something like 15% of primary school teachers are, are men, which, you know, I think is one of those issues around, you know, having positive role models and trying to uh, support children with their kind of development and mental health and relationships is really important. Mm. So there's so a few things in Westminster I'm trying to tackle. And then locally, uh, we've got all sorts. So we've had loads and loads of money in the last few <laughs> years. Mansfield is one of those places we've talked about um you know, the government talks about this levelling yeah. up. Yeah, so we've had all these projects. We've secured loads of funding uh, for things like bringing some empty town centre buildings back into use, a new leisure centre, um, improving kind of town centre parking. There's loads of things. We've got probably 150-odd million quid in the pipeline. So my big priority, I suppose, ahead of that election is to get some of that stuff finished mm. so that I can point at those things for, for residents and say, look, you know, this is what we've managed to achieve. That sounds like it could be really valuable for, for Mansfield and the surrounding areas. I know lots of people that are kind of on the outskirts of Mansfield will travel in to use facilities. And if we can make it kind of easier for people than having to always go further afield or down to the city centre, then 
I'm, I'm all for it. Is part of this extra funding coming through linked to the devolution package that's been kind of put forward for the D2N2 area? Uh, so some of it will in the future. We've had a little bit so far um, for things like trying to retrofit homes and make them more energy efficient. So we're cracking on with some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, as well as those little um, local projects, we've got these big regional ones. Um, devolution is all about passing um, kind of decision-making powers that are currently, you know, decisions taken in Westminster by ministers and, and civil servants, bringing them locally mm. so that we can decide things based on what we need here uh, as opposed to um, what somebody in uh, London thinks we need, uh, which will be really helpful and give us a bit more flexibility about how we deliver services. But it also comes with some extra cash as well. So um, for Manchester over the kind of six, seven years uh, since they got this really embedded with um, Andy Burnham and the mayoral system up there, it's been worth about six billion pounds of extra investment. So that's a real big opportunity for us. And on top of that, we've got this big project called Step Fusion, mm -hmm. uh, which is a 20 billion pound investment in kind of clean energy research and building a, a power plant in the north of Nottinghamshire in Bassett Law, uh, which if we get the science right, could literally solve the kind of carbon emissions problems. It's um, limitless clean energy. Uh, that we're working on which is really exciting could be a lot of investment and jobs and, and everything else for, for Nottinghamshire as well that does sound really exciting so if people listening want to find out more about these sorts of things what are some of the easiest ways that they can be finding out about these projects and knowing what their money or what the money that's coming into the area is going towards uh sure so from my perspective uh i share a lot of this stuff on my social media so i'm on basically everything uh, <laughs> platforms wise county council website is a good place to look not cc.gov.uk and they've got the overview of all the services we deliver mm -hmm. and and particularly on devolution it's a good place to find things but as ever you know whether it's east middle's devolution or step fusion or me uh, if you feel like <laughs> doing some digging into that i wouldn't recommend it then you can whack it all in in the search engine and it's all pretty Thank you for listening to Chatterbox, a podcast by the Wolfpack Project. You can find us on social media. We are chatter.boxpodcast, or you can link to us from the Wolfpack Project website, which is thewolfpackproject.org.uk. We'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned. So do engage with us. Do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode. So Ben, sounds like there's lots of exciting things happening and lots for you to get kind of plugged in with as part of your role in working for the council and as, and as an MP. And part of the podcast and something that um, as a charity we're really keen on helping people with is managing their well-being and sharing tips and ideas of how people can best support their mental health and their well-being. And one of the things that we um, particularly advertise as a way of doing this is five ways to well-being is kind of universal categories that everyone can do something as part of each of them that could help positively improve their mental well-being and the more we do hopefully the better place will be so the five ways to well-being are connect active learn give and take notice so we'll start with connect we've already talked about the fact that you're kind of here there and everywhere um, so during your busy weeks what helps you feel 
connected to the people around you, to the wider world, anything that helps you with connection. The joy, I suppose, of my job and the reason a lot of people do it is that you meet a lot of people, whether it's going out and kind of visiting schools or businesses or whether it's in Westminster, it's just always a really busy place. So sometimes I'm the opposite. I try and find try and find 10 minutes to just go and be on my own. <laughs> um, you get, uh, get followed around all over the place. No, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy kind of being able to engage with people like that. And um, I think the thing for me, uh, and I think you can get a little bit lost in Westminster sometimes if you don't kind of stay connected to home. Um, so I, you know, video call my mm. kids every morning and every night um, uh, and kind of talk to them. And that, I guess, brings you back down to earth. The joys of being able to video call is it is a really quick and easy way for people to actually see your face and to know that you still still exist, which I imagine for your boys is much appreciated <laughs> that they know you're still you're still alive and yeah, kicking. <laughs> my wife sometimes forgets that I exist. <laughs> so what are some of the ways then that you find that you best connect as a family? Yeah, we, we're, we're all sports mad. So um, all of our, our kind of weekends are, are devoted to that, really. My kids both play football. Um, my wife and I both coach uh, junior hockey. So we're all uh, kind of sports mad. I think most of it is that, really. We end up trekking around the county uh, out and about together. But it's nice to see them because I'm a big believer in the kind of power of sport as well in terms of development and um particularly for kids you know growing and learning things so it's really nice and and rewarding from that point of view as a parent to see them coming on and developing and you know that social element of it and enjoying themselves so you know they're probably the the nicest moments in the week where you're, you're kind of connecting with family nice and so you kind of your way of connecting also fits very much with a very active lifestyle by the sounds of it so you've mentioned about kind of doing the coaching is that something you've always done always enjoyed doing I've, I've always been sports mad you know hockey football rugby or whatever um played since i was a kid it's not till you're a parent you realize how much you know ferrying kids around to, to sports that <laughs> parents have to do i now appreciate my own parents um for doing that but we are yeah we're really active <laughs> as a family i don't get a chance to to play much anymore to be honest um just with work and, and everything else um do a bit more coaching now um which is good fun and try and help with my kids kind of football teams and stuff i guess i'm like living vicariously through my children now it's the only thing i've got time to do um, <laughs> but i'd love to get back into it and have a chance to to play again I, I need the competition i think that's really like quite competitive and quite driven in that sense it's like a bit of a release yeah so so when you're down in london and you, you're not throwing your kids around how do you kind of maintain some active bits during your day because i imagine there's a lot of sitting and a lot of desk work or being in the rooms debating stuff so that must be very different there's a lot of sitting uh, although occasionally if you ever watch the um parliament if you're in a long debate or statement every time somebody else speaks you want to indicate that you want to speak you've got to stand up so you end up doing 200 squats in the time that you're in there just getting <laughs> up and down trying to get the speaker's eye and, and be able to speak you get a lot of steps in going around the tube down here as well i've found by the time you've walked from uh, the entrance down to the tube line, you've probably got your, your 10,000 steps in. But also, we play a bit of sport down here as well. So there's a parliament football team and kind of every oh, uh, every month or so we'll play against the charity or we'll try and raise um, money or raise awareness of, of kind of good causes. And we play against, yeah, some, some really interesting groups and charities and, and organisations. So that's good fun. Um, and ironically, even though I'm you know, a bit old for a footballer these days, I'm on the MP team. I'm still one of the youngest and fittest, which is helpful. <laughs> So good, good to have to your name as well as well as being MP and leader of the council, youngest on the MP football team. 
<laughs> are good add to this yeah, MPs aren't known for um, their, uh, their fitness or sporting ability well you can change that hopefully with this podcast we've gotten it out there about <laughs> all of the active doing squats <laughs> doing squats in the green room um maybe that will be something that people will start adopting is getting getting their five minutes in whilst they're waiting for the speaker so i imagine on a day-to-day basis you're probably learning new things as part of being a politician but is there something non-work related that you've learned recently that you found interesting that's a really good question so you're right i do a lot of um a lot of learning at work everything every you know new bill every new decision every new service that i try to get to grips uh with either in parliament or at the council is a uh, always a learning curve and a lot of information. I think really um, become much more, as you would imagine, much more kind of engaged and informed with with all of that by being here and, and you know following the detail mm. of how all this stuff works in practice, uh, making decisions. But on a personal level, uh, it's it's really hard, you know, to separate home life and work life in a job like this because you're always kind of on the clock. The biggest things I've done recently in terms of my own learning and development, I suppose, I've done some qualifications and bits recently around um, some of that stuff. Uh, with the kids and coaching and trying to get more involved in all of that. So I've been doing my FA coaching qualifications at the same time and trying to improve and learn some new things in that space. I think you also learn a lot um, about people and relationships, right? When you're um, a politician, you get a bit of stick, you kind of figure out, even with friends and family, you learn a lot about people and, and you kind of who your friends are and what your relationships are like and the strength of some of those as you go forward as well on a day-to-day basis. Because you know, government does things that people like and things that people don't like. And you, you have those conversations and yeah, learn a lot about the people around you from, from some of that engagement, I think. I feel like there's always, there's always new things to learn. And actually that's a big part of kind of developing ourselves as individuals and also figuring out, oh, actually I could maybe do this better. Well, this is actually something that I've got a real gift in and clearly part of being a politician is having that, being able to manage manage conversations well, but then you could utilise that hopefully with your FA coaching stuff as well and kind of rather than talking with adults, you're talking with kids and it's that learning from it's side the, of things. all the people business, isn't it? We're very good as a, a society now, aren't we? I think of, uh, you know, thinking that we know everything because we've got, you know, we can work something in Google and we can do our little fact check. It's um, really telling actually that I agree with you, you know, it's massively healthy to be able to kind of look at yourself and say, well, what am I good at? What could I do better? How can I learn? How can I improve? But a lot of us, I guess, are very confident these days in our opinions, aren't we? Uh, And perhaps particularly online, you know, throw a lot of things out there and and less likely to kind of listen to each other and learn from each other, which I think is a shame. Part of our work as a charity is providing those spaces and hopefully you you know with your platform you're able to kind of create a space where people can hopefully go actually I want to learn something new because I know that that could ultimately benefit me rather than thinking I've got it all sorted so that's that's the hope anyway you know there's always something to learn another way to well-being is about giving time and clearly you must be giving up your time to be doing the coaching side of things for people listening for the first time who may not be aware actually when we give up some of our time to either for a, a cause like a charity or um for a sporting thing like Ben's doing with coaching that actually that time that we're giving up of our of our reign even though we think oh the only benefits are for the people that we're helping actually there's loads of research that shows that we'll get positive benefits from it as well and even just an hour here or there 
can give us a, the same benefits as that potential of what it might have been doing to help other people. So um, is the coaching the only thing where you kind of give of your time or knowledge or are there other things where you also have a hand in and a kind of outside of work voluntary type spaces well you're right though it's, it's really rewarding to to be able to do those things isn't it and to do things that you know um obviously benefit my kids and, and other kids that uh, are part of those sessions but you know the the sense of kind of well-being that comes from that i think is also really important and being able to give something back um but it's really difficult to to separate my kind of fresh professional and personal life i guess in that space because i sport slightly different but mps naturally spend a lot of time um trying to help people with challenges and problems naturally you know spend a lot of time uh, working with charities and community groups because it comes with a job uh, and trying to support them to help more people or to access funding or to uh, you know give a bit of time I was um, you know serving Christmas lunch at the the dementia cafe at Christmas time we go and do those kinds of things partly because it's your job and partly because you want to engage in those things and to to help the community that you represent so it can be quite a difficult line to draw between uh, you know uh, the professional and the personal as I say but I'd like to think and even you know for people who aren't my constituents um, a lot of people know what I do and will come and ask me for help with things and ask for what I know or what I can can offer them in terms of support for all sorts of reasons so it yeah it kind of flows through everything really from from the nature of the job yeah definitely and then the final kind of element to the five ways to well-being is about taking notice so taking notice of our physical health and our mental health and obviously you do a lot for the physical that we've already kind of covered what are some of the things that you kind of utilize as either a coping strategy or or a positive mechanism when things are getting really stressed or there's a lot going on that you're trying to juggle what are some of the things that you utilize to manage your own mental health in a hopefully positive way yeah well you, i said earlier on that i think you know sometimes it can be a case of actually just trying to get a bit of time to yourself sometimes particularly when we're in westminster because you all get stuck in a building together uh, and you're not allowed to leave until it's finished for the day um so i tend to do a few things, I suppose. I really like driving. So I quite like, you know, those meetings where you've got to go and it's maybe half an hour in the car and you can just put your music on really loud and just kind of do a bit of carpool karaoke and belt it all <laughs> out and, and release a little bit. Um, so I quite enjoy that. And just time to yourself, walk the dog, um, similar thing, just, you know, half an hour out and about on your own and just it's a good time to kind of mull over things, isn't it? And think about what's going on. Um, and equally down here, I'm a bit of a geek, actually. It comes back to the sports stuff. By uh, Since I was like 11 or 12, I've always played a game called Football Manager, which is really, really... Um, mm-hmm probably slightly geeky and sad of me but if I get stuck down here and I'm you know sat in a hotel at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night rather than you know do unhealthy things like go for a drink or whatever I tend to sit and just try and get a bit of escapism I suppose I'll I'll play a bit football manager or whatever and pretend I'm Jose Mourinho for an hour. (laughs) But it's that it's almost that finding ways where your brain can just switch off I think is that that's the common denominator with everything that you've just kind of said of just being able to switch those active bits of your brain off and then hopefully be able to get a good night's sleep without dreaming about policies and lines and bills that you want to change. You'd be surprised how many nights I've laid awake dreaming about government policies. It's really sad. Um, But that's exactly it, right? It's when you've got a job which involves just a lot of information flowing around all the time it's finding that that way to just yeah switch off and and not think about it for an hour which can be challenging and sometimes yeah you uh i'm not very good at sleeping anyway at the best of times bit of escapism i suppose like a good book or whatever for some people isn't it 
Oh, Ben, that's great. Lots of hopefully useful tips that people can maybe think of themselves, whether the carpool karaoke that they can they can build into their getting out and about or ways that they can maybe get active. Um, and I feel like we have managed to cover a lot of a lot of ground in our chat in terms of lots of different things, politics wise and all that kind of stuff. Um, so hopefully people listening have found it really useful. Just to kind of recap some of the key kind of points if people are wanting to get a bit more involved with their local council or with their local MP what are some of the easiest ways that they can maybe do that yeah well if it's about finding information or what's going on then you know you can find a lot of stuff um on the county council website you can uh, have a look on my facebook page is the best place to get stuff from me with loads of information if you're trying to get involved in local politics then it's actually really easy but nobody knows how to do it it's really almost like mm -hmm. accidentally secretive um anyone can stand for the council anybody can put their name forward uh, you just literally have to stick a piece of paper into your council and tell them you want to do it um so you can find out more about that again on uh, local council kind of websites or drop me uh, or your local mp or councillor an email and just say you know, how do I do this? Um, it's really rewarding, actually, getting involved in um, fixing some of those local things. And um, you can either do it on your own uh, as an independent and just sit forms in, or you can, as I say, get in touch with your local representative or uh, a particular political party that you like, and they'll help you. But it's actually dead easy to get involved. Sounds great. Hopefully, um, for people listening, they can go to the description for this podcast and we'll direct people through to um, the County Council website and the City website. And hopefully, if they're interested, can start that process. And then just to kind of end on a fun and semi-unrelated um, kind of point, but we like to give people some recommendations that they can take away with them for the week ahead. Um, so is there a kind of popular tune that you go to when you are driving that you would recommend people to listen or an artist generally? That you're like people should be listening to this there's lots oh yeah i end up belting out a lot of james bay mm, in the car nice. that's quite good to sing along to uh i really like a band called gaslight anthem mm -hmm. that is one of my favorite bands um all sorts really i've just got like my entire spotify history forever that just cycles <laughs> around so it's like the same 200 songs from 10 years ago over and over again <laughs> But if you enjoy them, that's the that's the key thing. I'm one of those old people now where it's like I don't listen to the radio, so all the new music is all it's all noise and I've just got my old list. <laughs> yes, it's when something ends up on history and you're like, But that's not from that long ago and then you look at the date and you're like, Oh, oh that was from that was from a while ago now. Yep. I have that a few times when I'm channel hopping in the car. Is there anything from a book or film perspective that you've either read or watched recently that you think would be a good recommendation for our listeners mm. i'll tell you what if people are interested in the kind of politics around where i represent and mansfield and some of the issues up there and you know how some of those political shifts have happened over the last 10 years because we've had a real kind of tumultuous time and lots of changes in the way that people vote particularly in places like mansfield i'm reading a book at the minute um uh, which is called despised by a guy called Paul Embry, Ooh. a Labour member who kind of uh, fell out with the Labour Party as lots of people from communities like Mansfield um, kind of shifted and voted Conservative for the first time. It's a really interesting analysis of, of why it all works, which is a bit geeky of me again. <laughs> um, but if you're interested in that, um, in that whole kind of 
political change and everything that's going on in the world at the minute that's a really good one interesting certainly interesting and nothing wrong with flying the geek flag if it's something you're passionate about there's <laughs> nothing wrong with sharing that passion and enthusiasm and then kind of what seems to be a recurring theme of the chatbot podcast the final recommendation is what would be your top takeaway option for this week if you were going to get takeout yeah well down here you can get all your uh, like stuff uber eats in mm. to parliament that's always the best way really unhealthy I- i've got a place a place in newark i really like which is a vietnamese place Ooh. which is random it's called Cafrello. Vietnamese is good. I'd never tried it before. It's like non-greasy Chinese. Mm. It's very, it's like almost feels healthy when you eat it, but it's not. <laughs> but no, there's there's a recommendation. Go and find a Vietnamese. And if you're if you're in Newark, go to go to that place. Well, Ben, it's been lovely having you on the Chatterbox podcast. Um, it's been great to chat through kind of some of the stuff that you're doing as part of the council and as an MP. And hopefully, there'll be lots of things that um, listeners can take away from our chat, even if it's just trying to be Vietnamese takeaway um, from the end. This has been a lovely chat. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, information about how you can get more involved with. Um, politics we'll put in the description links to the council and things like that and if you follow us on social media we can be sharing stuff so that if you want to get connected in with what ben's doing a bit more and um, we can signpost to his social media channels as well so follow us on chatter.box podcasts and we'll link to everything in there and thanks for listening Thank you for listening to Chatterbox, a podcast by the Wolfpack Project. You can find us on social media. We are chatter.boxpodcast or you can link to us from the Wolfpack Project website, which is wolfpackproject.org.uk. We'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned. So do engage with us. Do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode.